Welcome to Church on the Hill. We're so glad you're here. I want you to know, um, I'm not going to go into detail, but we feel like the Lord really moved in worship. It moved with us up here. Um, God's really here. Um, he is really ready to come to your rescue. Uh, today is, a, is, a, is really kind of a foundational moment for us as a church uh, on what Pastor Justin started talking about last week about lies. Today we're talking about truth. Um, but I just want to um, encourage you to engage this morning, um, just to open up your spirit, to just be open uh, to what the Lord may say to you this morning. Um, with that said, let's, everybody, if you all have your Bibles, let's turn to John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Everybody there? This is one of those scriptures that if you've been in church at any length of time, you will have eventually heard this. Somebody has shouted it at you at some point in your life. You know, you're walking down the hallway and somebody shouts this scripture out to you. Um, I mean, that kind of in jest, but I also don't. You know, it's just one of those that uh, is really kind of, a, I believe, a, a cornerstone. Jesus was saying to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. It's big. What is it saying if we're disciples? What, what is a um, characteristic of a disciple if we take the very beginning of the Scripture? Someone that's in the Word. So if you consider yourself a disciple of Christ, if you call yourself a Christian, you should be in the Word. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. You are really mine if you are in the word. And if you are in the word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Everybody say amen. The truth can set you free. Lies ensnare us, create bondage, and steal away the possibility of freedom. Therefore, it is essential that we pursue truth with discernment and with an open heart. Why do you need an open heart when it comes to truth? Because you can close up and stand strong on a lie. Truth is going to break possibly your foundation. And that's hard to deal with. I don't know if you have ever walked through life and someday somebody gave you a truth that you knew to be true and it shook your whole world. Truth can shake your world. Especially when we're not believing the truth. The most important issue in any discussion of truth is the source. As a building is only as stable as the foundation. So a claim to truth must have authoritative, trustworthy, and a durable source. For Christians, it is God's word. God's word to us, the Bible, is singularly that trustworthy source. Now, this message is not just for the, the unchurched, not just for those that are kind of on the fence um, considering Christianity, considering following Christ. It is for the Christian. This scripture is to disciples. We have issues. 
If you're standing on the fence, if you've not made that decision, this word today is for you. You have not just by some happenstance made it in here today. You're searching, you're looking, and literally what you're looking for is truth. Many of you here today that have just struggled as Christians are still looking for truth and you're waiting for those pieces to come together. I can tell you my day consists of proving truth and trying to stay away from false. Because in my mind, in my flesh, I can be taken a false direction so quickly. So quickly. It's scary how quickly I can divert from truth. So, in our foundational passage, Jesus here identifies himself, his word, as the pathway to ultimate truth, and thus to freedom. So, uh, I'm about to get ahead of myself. Let's ask the question. What is truth? It's really all that matters this morning. What is truth? If the truth can set us free, and it talks about Jesus being the truth, what is truth? How can we apply that to my life, to what I'm about to face when I walk out of here, to what I'm about to face tomorrow in my job, with what I'm about to face with my life. What is truth? I need truth. I want freedom. And I don't want to be believing a lie about my marriage, about my kids, about my job, about our relationship. You and I can have a relationship that's not based on truth. I don't think that we do, but we can. John 18, I want to show you a scripture. John 18, verse 33. If you're still in your Bibles, just flip a couple chapters. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus. Now, if you remember, Jesus has been taken. uh, taken. He's kind of on his pathway, not kind of, he's on his pathway to the cross. And he's been accused. He's been taken by the authority. And Pilate, the one in authority here, asked him, said, are you the king of the Jews? Uh, Liz, I'm going to pass this over to you and let you flip this because I can't figure out where I need to flip it. Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked? Or did others talk to you about me? Verse 35. Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Verse 37. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into this world is to testify to the what? Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Look what Pilate says. What is truth? Retorted Pilate. With this he went out again and the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. That whole statement by Pilate is where I want us to live for the next few weeks. What is truth? You're talking about truth. So let me just give a definition. This is so funny. I can't stand it when this happens. I look up truth and it says, the quality or state of being true. Why can't you just say, go to true? Don't make me read something. Go to true. Okay, Webster's, what is true? In accordance with fact or reality. Accurate or exact. 
removed of all emotion. I've got a child of mine, my youngest, Sarah Beth, who is on the video up there. She and I are very much alike in that we'll hear conversations that include all these emotions. And we're like, what are you trying to say? Please just remove all the drama and tell me what you're trying to say. What is the truth? So I want to ask you this. When you hear the word truth and you are standing on truth, what is your measuring stick? Now, we all know what the church word is. We all know what to say while we're in church, right? What is your measuring stick? I heard something. The Bible, the word of God. Is it really? I mean, that's the right thing to say at church in Sunday school. Hey, kids, what'd you learn about today? Jesus? Good. Okay, I'll leave you alone. What is your measuring stick? It's the word. Is it really? When you have stuff you're processing, do you weigh it against that standard or do you not? Because your basis of truth, your source of truth, if you're not going to the word to weigh it against it, isn't the word. So again, I'm trying to, what my, what my desire I believe today and what the Lord is trying to say is to wake up and measure your things against a standard and a standard that is always true which is the word of God. Now, I'm just telling you that, but I want you to look at something here. And you're going to have to maybe forgive me ahead of time. And when you tell me that, you know, he should testify because he's going to tell the truth and he shouldn't worry, well, that's so silly because it's somebody's version of the truth, not the truth. He didn't have a, a conversation truth is about... Truth is truth. I don't mean to go like... I, no, I it isn't truth. Truth isn't truth. The President of the United States says, I didn't... Truth isn't I, truth. Mr. Mayor, do you realize what... So everybody was just, I could feel the tension in here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my anxiety wants to go out the roof. That, that has nothing to do with what channel it was on. It's not leaning one way or the other, even though it was Rudy Giuliani, but his statement was truth isn't truth. It's whatever your version of truth is. It is wrong, but it's also right. It's wrong. It's 100% wrong. But the problem is, with the way that we live our life, it's right. It's not right. It's what we do. No, they don't ever get to the bottom of truth. They, they live with their version of truth. Well, reality is reality, but your version of reality is where it gets messed up. And if you are not measuring your version of reality to a standard that is correct, then it's going to be off. This is funny. We've got great, uh, it's also got my anxiety up a little bit because I put up Donald Trump up there and I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Let's run, run. So, it's not that I have a bias. I'm not talking about politics this morning. We're talking about truth. Politics corrupts truth. I don't care which side you stand on. Truth is truth. The problem is you must have the correct standard for truth. So my intention this morning is to be brief. I'm going to share just one 
peace. This peace is going to have four parts. So I want you to just to incur, I want to encourage you to lock in here for just a second. All right. So Liz, if you will, um, first of all, I want to say that the genesis of truth, the beginning of truth, is God Himself. I'm going to make some statements, and then when I'm done showing you these four scriptures, I'm just going to talk to you for just a minute. The genesis of truth. The Old Testament affirms the nature and character of God as the source of life and truth. Let's look at a couple scriptures very quickly. Exodus 34, verse 6. And the Lord God passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Now, don't check out. It's so easy to already miss what's being said, but right here, we are getting the characteristics of God from God. Keeping mercy for the thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression by sin and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Deuteronomy 32.4. He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice. Righteousness, righteous and upright is he. Psalm 89.13. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. Last one. Psalm 119.151. I'm not going to give you another scripture after this. You are near, O Lord, and your commandments are truth. Of old, I have known you from your testimonies that you have founded them forever. So, I'm going to tell you a bunch of stuff here in just a minute. I've just told you that God's the God of truth. I can't expect that to mean anything to you. I can just tell you that. I can tell you I'm a good person. I can tell you I'm a good dad. I can tell you I'm a good employee. I can tell you I'm a good friend. Means nothing to you until you prove it. I can tell you God's a God of truth, but some of the things that you've walked through may tell you something different. I can tell you that God provides. But until God provides for you when you've got no other way and there is no hope for you and then God provides for you, I can't prove that to you. God can only prove that to you. My trustworthiness to my wife, I can tell her I'll be trustworthy. I can tell her every day I'm trustworthy. But I could live my life in a way that isn't trustworthy, even though I've told her. So I can sit here and I can tell you all these things. I can tell you that the New Testament affirms the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are co-equal and that truth is inherent in each. I can give you about 10 scriptures on that. I can tell you the truth about God, that God is truth, rooted in the person of God, and that every ideal of truth points back to him. I can tell you that God is unchanging. Thus, truth is a fixed attribute, an absolute attribute of God. I can tell you that. I can show you scripture of where it says it. I can tell you that God speaks clearly and compellingly to the reality to which we live. I can tell you that God is a that, that the, the God of truth is good, that He is wise, that He is just, that God is a just God. That when God comes and when we follow God, God is a God of justice. He will take care of those that are hurting us. He will see that justice is done. I can tell you that. 
I can tell you that the character of God is the guarantee that all wrongs will be righted someday. I can tell you that God is is loving. I can tell you we can spend weeks and weeks and weeks talking about how God is a loving God. If you don't prove it, it will never mean anything to you. When you come to a crossroads and you either have to jump or run in a different direction and God's telling you to jump, but you just don't know God, you don't know God to be true, you're not going to jump. God's got to prove himself and he desires to prove himself, but the only way he's going to prove himself to you is by you getting in his word, you believing in his word, you following his word, and watch God be faithful to his word. God will prove his word, his character, himself to be true in your life every time. Every time. Now, that doesn't mean that when we turn our hearts to God and we get in his word that everything's going to go great. It does not say that for us. In fact, it says just the opposite. It says we're going to have challenges and we're going to get tested and we're going to be tempted and our faith is going to grow weary. And we're going we're gonna to run empty and dry. We're going to have those dry and desert moments. We've just studied for the last four or five weeks about wilderness. Wilderness is part of the Christian experience. The problem is, we think when we hit wilderness, God's left us and we forget everything God said and we go stupid again. And then wonder why we are where we are. God's like, wait a minute, I've never moved. My stuff's never changed Get back in my word. I will lead you right out of what you're going through every time. Everybody say every time. Every time. God has an escape plan for your situation right now. He will never test you in something that you can't handle. Now, are you not handling your testing? Probably not. (laughs) But it's not because you can't handle it. It's because you're not handling it. You're trying to handle it on your own. And your yoke is heavy. I don't want anything to do with your yoke. My yoke's bad enough. Anybody know what a yoke is? And I'm not talking about an egg. Can you go pull that out of my office? Thank you. What's your yoke look like? And are you yoked to someone? You ever seen a double yoke? Y'all are all thinking, man, he's speaking in tongues or he's doing, talking about something. Or he's talking about eggs. We got a bunch of people like to raise eggs. I'm not talking about egg yolks. I'm not talking about chickens. I raise eggs. The moment you get off of truth... You pick back up your own yoke, and your yoke is heavy, and it forms blisters and pain, and they won't heal. The only way they heal is if you get that thing off. The second we face something and we face it without God's word, without Jesus Christ, who is the word of God, without his spirit, is the second we start believing a lie. Oh, look at Justin, isn't he good? 
Y'all give him a big round of applause. I promise you I'm not going to stick you in it. I think I have before, haven't I? I got it. I got it. Yeah. This was my grandfather's. And it sat in, in his, uh, he had a, uh, one of those barns where you hang meat and salt. Yeah, I never could understand hanging meat in room temperature and us eating it. Uh, but anyway, I, that's why I don't do that. Um, so this is a double yoke. Yeah, it's okay. The second Elizabeth and I get away from the Word of God and try to try to work out our marriage on our own, this is what we wind up in. And by George, I don't go the direction she goes in half the time. And I jerk on her and she jerks on me and it gets ugly. But the moment we turn back to God and start praying for one another, start seeking the Lord for our marriage, you know what happens? God removes this thing. He gets it off. He takes it. He says, and he gives us his yoke. He gives me Jesus' yoke. And his is light. And his is easy. When I start not standing on the word, my life gets heavy. My life gets lost. My direction becomes bad. Last night we went to Nashville to a concert. And it just happened to be the night that everyone went to Nashville to a concert. And uh, left to my own, we would still be there. Um, and my kids kind of laugh at me because I'll get multiple GPSs going and multiple people involved because it takes a village to direct me. I don't just listen to one. I don't believe just one. But I can sit here and tell you, we can spend the rest of the year telling you about how great God is and how God loves you. And how God wants you to be engrafted in his word and engrafted into the body of Christ. But if you do not begin to try to prove God's word, nothing's going to change in your life. Nothing's going to change. Your part is to get in the word and to try what God's saying to do. All God's asking you to do is to try. He knows you're not perfect. But to try and let God prove himself step by step by step by step. And he will prove himself faithful every step of the way. Why? Because God is faithful. God is true. God is loving. God is a provider. He is our counselor. He is our comforter. Now, all these words you probably know, you've probably grown up hearing them, but you've never known them. The whole step that we're trying to take as a church body is to know God. I want to show you one last scripture. I told you I wasn't going to do any more, but this one came from Sunday school this morning. Um, this is from Acts chapter 17, verse 11. It said, The people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they listened eagerly to Paul's message. And that's funny. Yeah. Um, they, but listen, this is the part I wanted you to see. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. That is what the disciple, a disciple of Christ does. 
that as you sit in Sunday school, as you sit at your job, as you're in marriage and you're having interaction and things don't seem to be weighing right, things don't seem to be sounding right, you, you put those up against the standard of God's Word. It will straighten your path. It's not always easy. Sometimes you have to dig harder. But I can tell you, if you will go looking for God, you will find Him. I promise, God is not a God who hides from you. He desires you. He desires you to look for him. And it says, when you look for him, you find him. When you call on him, he answers. When you cry out to him, he responds. That's all we were doing this morning. That's why my encouragement to you this morning was cry out. Because I know God to be a God that hears the cry of his children. You may not know that God. So my encouragement to you is to get to know that God. If you don't get to know that God, the stuff that's going on up here is never really going to make sense. What happened this morning in worship is just going to be, oh, that sounded pretty good, or man, they really botched that one. I don't know if you'll notice, but we had to shut the last song off because Cody and I both had lost our voices by the end of that last song. So we awkwardly shut the last song off in the middle of it. Blake was like, no, don't shut it off right here. I want to play this last part. Like, uh, we can't sing. Let's turn it off. We had literally spent what we had to spend, and we came up just a little bit short of our, of our song. God doesn't care. God knows we gave everything we had. God was moving in worship. Because do you know why? It says that he inhabits the praises of his people. You know what that means? That means that when I am hurting and I am empty and I am alone, if I will praise the Lord, he will inhabit where I am. The atmosphere in my life will change. Now, I want you to know, you can hear that and say, but that sounds pretty cool. Now let's go back to our regular life and nothing change. You have to experience this. We talked in Sunday school again about getting to know God and it has to be personal. You can tell me about your experiences, but until I personally experience it, I can't buy into it. So I'm gonna stop with that. What is truth? I'm just going to tell you, from, my, from where I'm standing, truth is the Word of God. So I want to encourage you, test it, get in it, get to know it, just start. Just start. You may say, Pastor, how is reading four or five verses a, a, a day going to change my life? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I can't fathom how God works, but I will tell you, it will change your life. Just start. It says that if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. You guys stand up with me. Prove God's word. If you will get in the word of God in order for him to prove his word true to your life, you are going to get free. Listen to me, church. You are going to get free. If you're sitting in here in bondage of fear, 
If you're sitting here in bondage of stuff banging around in your head that you cannot get out, you cannot take captive your thoughts, you cannot get past unforgiveness, you can't get past hurts and wounds, you can't get past lies and relationships, I want you to know the word of God will set you free. There is nothing else. It's the word of God. Do you know who the word of God is? It's Jesus. Jesus came to set you free. You've got no excuse to stay in bondage. You know. You have heard it with your ears today. The way to freedom. That way to freedom is Jesus Christ. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now in your name, Jesus, that you would move in our hearts and awaken our spirits. Those that are here this morning that don't know Jesus but know something's more real than, than what they're experiencing, I want you to know, call out to Jesus right now. He makes it that simple. He says, anyone who calls on my name will be saved. Give your heart to Jesus this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, let us make a commitment to your word to literally be disciples of Christ. You showed us this morning that your true disciples know your word, obey your word. God, let something change. Let something change today, change in my heart, change in this body's heart. Let something change today. And Father, I just ask right now that all these chains of bondage come off. They just start falling off, literally like they did for Paul in prison. When he started praising you, the doors of that jail flung open and the chains fell off. I speak freedom from the chains. I speak freedom from the chains. We will get in your word and we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Thank you, Father. Give us a great week in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. I want to encourage you, invite somebody to church. This world needs this word. Amen. God bless you.